The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. On that day, Jesus went out of, his ho- out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. For anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look but do not see, and hear, but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You shall indeed hear, but not understand. You shall indeed look, but never see. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. Amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it, and the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy. But he has no root, and it lasts only a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. The Gospel of the Lord. beautiful parable we have today oftentimes we don't get Jesus explaining himself but today we do 
And Jesus actually here gives kind of a homily on his own parable. Normally the parables are very uh, difficult to understand. They strike us. Jesus wants us to mull them over, to meditate upon them, and to grapple with them. Like a wrestling match with the, with the parable and what he's saying. But today he actually gives us an explanation. He teaches us what he is saying explicitly. And so oftentimes preachers say this is not, for this particular gospel passage, this is not one you preach on because Jesus just preached on it. So I'd like to talk about and use today as a way of introduction to what we'll be going towards moving forward throughout the year as a church. So a lot of times we come to Mass and we hear a gospel passage and then it's almost like a reset next Sunday. But the church has a very logical, specific, intentional way of presenting the Word of God to us, just as Jesus did. We're on a trajectory and we're going somewhere. So I want to talk about the Word of God, how to be open, vulnerable soil that's capable of receiving and allowing God to transform us in the Word. Because the Word of God is very, very, very powerful. In the prophet Isaiah today, God gives his perspective on his Word. When I speak, it has effect. At the same time, as Jesus says, not everyone is willing to accept or understand or be vulnerable or till their own soil and be conducive to good growth and allowing transformation. We have free will. God gave us free will. We have choice. Are we receptive to the seed? The word here is the seed. And so what I'm going to talk about is a little bit of an introduction into ordinary time, which we are in. And we're going to keep going in ordinary time until December when we start Advent, which is the church's new liturgical year. So I want to start off talking about the way the church lays out the readings, and then I want to talk about how Jesus laid out his words. So the church lays out its readings in a very specific, again, intentional way. We have year A, year B, and year C. They're all based on the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So Matthew is year A, Luke, uh, Mark is year B, and Luke is year C. And, and what's the missing gospel that I have not mentioned? John. Very good. Yes, John. John is sprinkled about with the other three years. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The reason that we have a separate book for the gospels is because these are the most important books. This is why we do something different. We change our posture when the priest comes up or the deacon, and it's only the priest and the deacon who read the gospel. These are very special words. Very, very special words. So we stand. And we are like soldiers who wait life and death commands at war. This is life and death stuff. What is the commander saying? So we stand, we stand afoot and we listen with receptivity. This is the gospel. 
This is the transformative word of God. How many righteous people, Jesus says, waited for these words? And how often do we just let these words come and they go? And so, as we are in the, we're in the Gospel of Matthew right now, year A, we just got out of Easter, we just hopped out of the Easter season back into ordinary time, we have what's called the public ministry of Jesus. And so the way that God ordained to do things was he decided, Jesus decided, this was going to be his track and his trajectory. He was going to um, have a number of years from 12, the age of 12, Jesus was 12, the last record we have, until he's 30. So we have all these years, which we, in the church's tradition, call the hidden years of Jesus. And the way that the church has always understood those hidden years of Jesus is that those years were used to sanctify everyday life for the common human being, all of us. So Jesus lived a very ordinary, normal, family life where he had one of the primary jobs that has always existed throughout human history of carpentry or construction. He was probably a stonemason. We use the word carpenter, but it's, pro it's likely that he worked with stone. Uh, he may have worked with, with wood as well. At any rate, he was building stuff. And we've always built stuff as human beings. And it's very appropriate that God himself, the builder of creation, chooses this particular job and lives an ordinary life. So as to communicate the message that we don't have to go join the sisters, who are beautiful and wonderful, the sisters uh, at the monastery here in town, the poor Claire's, we don't have to go into the desert, we don't have to become a monk or something like that to become holy. We don't have to do that. Some people are called to become priests, religious sisters, and take that extra intense step of devotion to God, but not everybody's called to it, and we can become very, very holy in any circumstance in life, especially in the normal, and work can be very sanctifying, work itself can be very sanctifying, and family life can be very sanctifying, depending on how we approach. And Jesus made those things holy in his ordinary life. But at the age of 30, Jesus decided, at the age of 30, that he would embark on a three-year public ministry where he revealed who he was and what he was doing. Repent and believe in the words that I am saying to you. Repent and believe in the gospel, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is the kingdom of heaven? A short definition of that is I am. I am. Any, and I'm, I'm the king of the kingdom. Insofar as you belong to me, you belong to the kingdom. And Jesus, of course, explains this throughout the four gospels. What is the kingdom of heaven? And he proclaims these mysteries to which he says to his apostles right here. Do you realize how many people have been waiting throughout human history to hear what you're hearing? And we should think about ourselves as well in this way, because he is speaking to us. Do we realize how fortunate we are to receive the words of God? Taking even a step back, because we, we take this for granted. The creator of the cosmos became one of us. God 
became man. God became a human being. God became a human being. We should let that sink in and meditate upon that, and that should never get old, that mystery of the Incarnation. St. Thomas Aquinas says God is ipsum esse, that is, God is to be itself. God is reality. God is existence. St. Paul says, in him we live and we move and we have our being. That means right now we are kind of, so to speak, in God. God's not another being in the universe. We're actually in God. Were God to stop think, thinking about us, we would cease to exist. God's not another piece of this. God is the foundation of reality itself. That God became one of us. That's incredible. And then he taught us. And that's why Jesus is saying, do you know how many righteous people, the cream of the crop of all human beings who ever existed before I came, have been waiting to just hear a sentence from, from my mouth, from the Creator's mouth? Pure intelligence, pure power. And we might take that for granted nowadays. What God calls us to do to be receptive, we don't want to be the hard soil, the path, where the seed comes down and it bounces right off the path. We have to do certain things to prepare ourselves to be well-tilled, fertile, capable of receiving the seed, the soil that's good, that can be fruitful and yield a lot of fruit. And we, we have to do certain, we have to, we have to intentionally allow our disposition to be good. And so it, it's a good idea to actually read. It's laudable. And it's, in fact, it, we, we almost, it should be imperative that we read these readings that we're going to read on Sunday beforehand. Because everything happens on, you know, at a Sunday Mass, you hear distractions, there's so many noises, sometimes the sound actually just doesn't come clear. There's all these things going on at Sunday Mass, and sometimes if it's the first time that we're hearing those readings, they're not going to sink in. We want to till the soil. We want to properly dispose ourselves to receive the Word. And then we can expect that it will be powerful. So we see this twofold part, because God gave us freedom. We have a role and God has a role. God is faithful to his role. He will speak to us and he will change us and this will be transformative. But we have our role as well. We need to properly dispose ourselves, meditate on the readings, maybe pray as a couple, as a family, look at the readings at least once the week before. A couple times would be great. And then that will be so meaningful as we hear the word of God and we hear the preacher, God willing, is capable of saying something that comes from God. And so the last thing I'd like to say here is the beauty of God, who is the poet in the person of Jesus Christ, the ultimate poet, the ultimate artist, who when we're hearing what we're going to hear until December, moving forward, is this homily again, this is like an introduction to the rest of ordinary time or a little catechesis on how to receive moving forward. We're going to hear a mix of different things, right? 
we're going to hear both Jesus straightforwardly speaking practical, unambiguous truths to us. Do this, don't do that. Love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Don't get divorced, etc., etc. Straightforward, no ambiguity. There it is. And he's also going to speak in a very kind of vague, maybe slightly more difficult to comprehend directly what he's saying, like the parables. Now today, explain the parable, but he doesn't always explain the parable. And so these are these kind of like complicated, jarring, kind of weird things of Jesus. And so we have kind of two different aspects. Just like we as human beings, we tend to, to be in one camp or the other. And maybe we're somewhere in the middle. But a lot of human beings are very either practically, hands-on, grounded. We talk about the theory of the left brain and the right brain, right? Some people are more into nonfiction books. Some people are into fiction books. Some people are very hands-on, practical, mechanics, architects, those types of things, uh, engineers, people who like working with the stuff, their hands. Just tell me how it is. I don't need to hear all that artsy stuff. I don't, I don't like looking in museums and staring at a painting for an hour. You know, some people are very straightforward facts, nonfiction. And some people are more abstract, more artistic, prefer to learn in poems, images, um, a little bit more artsy, so to speak, a little bit more abstract. And, and, and the, the straightforward stuff is a little more boring to them. Jesus appeals to both, which is really, really interesting and speaks of the divine intellect of the Creator. Both very straightforward and also very kind of creative, artistic, abstract, grappling with, more like a novel. Lord, we ask you to help us to be receptive as we move forward through ordinary time. Help us to receive you well. Help us to actually invest in our own soil, being receptive and vulnerable to your word. Help us to not be hard-headed, prideful, as the, the path is in the first image that you give. Help your seed, your word, not to just bounce right off of us because of our lack of humility and our pride. Free us from the pride, especially, that we don't even see. We ask you to help us to not get choked up in the anxieties of this world. To not have all our emphasis on the riches of this world and things of this world. But allow when your seed comes into us for us to be poor of spirit. Receptive and joyful, capable of, receive, of the joy that you desire to give us. Help us to yield much fruit, Lord. Help our lives to be meaningful and well properly ordered towards the end to which the seed is oriented. Help us to yield 30 and 60 and 100 fold. We ask all these things through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And let us take a few moments in silent prayer to listen to and speak with the Lord in our hearts.